Now we are back in Disney World, and to prove it, here's the Mickey Mouse review. It's on to the tour that will convince you forever that the future is truly in the past. And now, ladies and gentlemen, while you are a captive audience, a display of tremendous tap dancing talent with the added cultural component of a pot of flowers balanced on my head. And now, a heart rendering ditty by our own growler of soul, Liver Lips McGraw. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 535, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of that Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, books, audio tours, special events, cruises, and lots more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So for me, nothing in Walt Disney World evokes as warm, sentimental, and nostalgic feeling than walking right down the middle of Main Street, USA. There's so many reasons why this is my favorite land in Magic Kingdom and reasons to appreciate it where the main attraction and the attractor is the land itself. And this week, we're going to share our top 10-ish things we love about Main Street USA and ask you to share yours as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about upcoming WW Radio events, meets of the month, wine and dine weekend, Maybe a few other special events and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. If I ask you to close your eyes, unless you're driving, please do not close your eyes, but close your eyes and think of Walt Disney World, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I think for most people, it's probably Cinderella Castle, Spaceship Earth, the entrance marquee as you approach from World Drive. But for me, it's something completely different. And no, it's not the boathouse, although it does come in a a very, very close second. For me, it's Main Street USA. And why? Well, there's lots of reasons. In fact, I could easily come up with 10 or more. Dare I say, a top 10 reasons why I, more importantly, why we love Main Street USA. And when you hear top 10, you not only know that it will likely be much more than 10, and you'll be asked to go with me here, but you'll probably also hear from my friend 
and publisher of Celebrations Magazine, Mr. Little Timmy Foster. How are you, my brother? Can I open my eyes now? <laughs> yes, you can open your oh, eyes. I couldn't you, you Listen, but it's funny that I said that and you yeah. responded that way because you with your eyes closed is pretty yeah. much how you do most of Disney. Yeah, there's a street in Disney. There's a yeah. There's a, if there was a chicken exit for Main Street USA, yeah, you oh, probably would have taken it. I want. Uh, let's put that on my wish list. <laughs> chicken. You know, it's funny because chicken exit for Main Street is actually on my list. In, I'm, in, a, in a weird roundabout. Way. I'm. I'm always fascinated again because we don't discuss <laughs> these things beforehand. But you know, we've look. We've we've done similar lists in the past about things that we love about other lands, hotels. Yes, I could even, and I probably should do one about certain restaurants. But this is one that I really wanted to do for a long time. And while I think it's a very subjective thing, I, I think there's a lot of objective things we can all cling to and love about Main Street. Like, cause, because obviously this is not something that you are either too short, well, sometimes I'm too short, but you're you're either too short or too, you're too scared or there's too long of a line for every single person that walks into Walt Disney World at some point needs to encounter Main Street USA. Well, you kind of have to walk through it to get in. And, and we're going to talk, I mean, I'm going to talk to that point about how and why Main Street is not just one of my, arguably my favorite land in Magic Kingdom, but so very important for setting the stage, and I use that word very deliberately, setting the stage for everything that you're going to see and encounter and experience and eat throughout your entire Walt Disney World vacation. Eat. Eat. It's all about the food, although I probably oh. won't talk too much about it. So I wanted to do a top <laughs> yeah. 10 things that we love. And again, it's a subjective list. I want you to go first. I'm sure you're going to ask me oh, and us to go with you. But when yep. you when you think when I, when I suggested this to you, Tim, what was that first thing that you put on your list or that first thing that came to mind or the thing that that was? the most impactful that you love most about Main Street? It was a concept. It was an idea. It was the notion of nostalgia. That's what immediately came to mind when you said Main Street. Actually, the first thing that came to mind when you said MSU, and I'm going to dime you out here and tell you people what you said to me in an email. When we were throwing out suggestions, you said MSU, and it took me two days to figure out what you meant by that. I was wondering when Monsters University opened at the Magic Kingdom. Then I figured it out. I know, I know. Nope. Anyway, (laughs) nostalgia is the first thing that came to mind. This is one, this is actually, this should be the last one we talk about, but I'm going to get this out of the way and start talking about this first. But uh, but largely because I feel like not only can I talk to this, but I imagine you've got a whole lot to say about this. And uh, there's a, the, bunch of different ways to take the word nostalgia and apply it to mm-hmm. Main Street. So I'm just going to talk, uh, we'll come back to some of the other ways, but what I'm thinking in terms of is uh, it's, you know, you talked about it's a lot of people's first experience at Disney. Once you arrive in Walt Disney World and get to the park, of course you enter on Main Street and that's your first experience. So I think for a lot of us, when we think of our first visits and 
uh, trips when we were ch were children and chips or trips with our children, um, a lot of Main Street memories come to mind. That's where everything sort of starts and where it all comes together. So for me, I have a lot of nostalgic moments that I take from Main Street USA. I'm going to talk about them. I'm curious because I know, Lou, I know you do too because you talk about them a lot. And the fact that our Disney uh, lives started a uh, decade or two apart, uh, it's, I'm interested to hear what you see because I know your nostalgic memories are going to be very different from mine, but no less relevant, no less important. So now mine go back to the early 90s. Um, and the main thing I liked, the main thing, the main thing I liked about Main Street back then, back in the day, was um, the theater, Town Square Theater. Now, uh, back then, was not what it is today. It was called. Wait, this thing's in my way. Um, Exposition Hall. Back in the day, well, back in my day, back when I was a wee little lad of. 20-something, in 1992 and 93 when I would be visiting and when my daughter would visit. Um, back then, before Mickey Mouse and crew came in to do meets and greets there, um, there was uh, well, a camera shop, among other things, but there was actually a little uh, gallery museum type thing, uh, sort of like what one man's dream was is today, but this was in the Magic Kingdom, and it, took, it showed you a little bit of history of uh, the Magic Kingdom, and Walt Disney, um, I think when I got there, they were just ending a run of having uh, the Walt Disney Story film running there, um, which the, the year I started, now they, they transformed it, uh, put a bunch of memorabilia out. Plus, then there was a little theater that showed you old, old Disney cartoons, um, like from the 30s and so forth. So that was very cool. And the coolest thing about it was nobody knew it was there. Uh, we would go in all the time and... Uh, to have the place to ourselves basically and it was a great place to get that disney spirit look uh, look around and see where this all came from um seeing the cartoons was great uh especially for my daughter who had zero connection i mean not that i was alive back in 1936 or seven or eight but um it's it's neat to see even today it's neat to see those old cartoons and the old footage of Walt Disney and the pictures and things like that, just to connect back to Walt Disney himself and where this came from. And we've talked about that notion so many times in various places of being able to connect the dots back to Walt Disney and realize how much more Walt Disney world is than just a collection of theme parks. There's much more to it than that. And that was a great place to learn a little bit more about it. And like I said, it's changed over the years, but still, the whole of Main Street is still a great place to get that nostalgic feel, especially when you remember that it was really based on Walt Disney's nostalgic view of Main Street, going back to Marceline and things like that, which I'm sure we'll talk about later as we get into this. But um, that's my very roundabout, verbose way of saying nostalgia is the first thing that came to mind, Lou, when you said Main Street. Well, obviously, you know, it, Main Street, to your point, screams nostalgia and i think that nostalgia tim you're right applies not just to a sense of nostalgia in terms of americana but a, a personal subjective nostalgia that we have our memories of yeah. our first time on main street i still to this day remember the first time i brought my daughter and in her stroller ice cream all over her face watching <laughs> agape and wide-eyed as as the parade came down and the emotions that i felt i also have 
the personal moments, remembering, and I've said this a thousand times and I get choked up every time, but but going into, and my dad letting me pick something out, you know, as we, we shopped in the House of Magic together um, and, and just how it has evolved over the years. I remember very, very well um, the old Walt Disney story back when, and I'm not that much older than you, cowboy, relax. Back when it was known well. as, <clears throat> as the Gulf Hospitality House, and um, the theaters in the back uh, and and that huge mural, um, which I believe now is completely covered. I don't think you can see it anymore. But that that film um, was 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 an attraction almost um, and really sort of on on Main Street. I remember when it was the um, when they had the, the the Kodak at one point it was the Kodak camera center there. And then there was a GF camera center earlier Um where the confectionery currently is, but and then there was the Disney Anna shop there. So I mean, it's a very deep rabbit hole of nostalgia. Excuse <clears throat> that we can go down again, not just from a personal perspective, but I think from a Disney perspective. And that's one of the things that's that's not on my list. That almost I, I now wish I put on is is I love the history of Main Street, and I'll sort of have multiple touch points to that as I go through my list. Because that's a lot of what I love. That's a lot of where my subjective love and nostalgia comes from. It, it's from some of the shops. It's from watching it grow and evolve. And then as I got older and learned more about the backstory, how that growth and evolution was not just in, in the real world, in the real story of Main Street, but how it also tied or was was eventually tied back to the, the imagineered story of Main Street USA. So... For me, Tim, what would I when I went down that this this idea and I sort of just brain dumped a couple of the, a couple of ideas. There was one that, without a doubt, went right to the top of my list, and maybe I'll, I'll save it for last because I think uh, it's it's probably for me the most. Um, ah, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go first just because I don't want you to steal. <laughs> just because I don't want you to steal it. But I think it's one that it, it, it's actually going to tie all the things we're talking about together and I and I just because it's first for me I think it's also the most important and the reason why I love Main Street USA and the reason why it's arguably my favorite land in Magic Kingdom is because it just feels like Walt and I know I don't need to almost explain that because you understand all that sounds weird when I say it out loud now you know I think you can feel Walt here more than anywhere else, except maybe for Liberty Square, although he never st- stepped foot here, right? And we know the story about, you know, Marceline influencing the Main Street USA in Disneyland. Obviously, the one here is much more of a um, uh, a, a, a Northeast New England type town, but they're all sort of evocative of that, you know, crossroads of an era, turn of the century, um, the, the 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 idealized imagery of what small town America look I can almost do a top ten reasons why Main Street USA makes me feel and think about Walt right the the trains and just how personal his love of trains was to him summer magic you know the the reference to Osh Popham at the Emporium it's not as as pronounced now as it used to be but 
there used to be a lot more of of bunting, and you still see the pennants because they're not flags that fly above Main Street. Or say it was meant to be a Saturday, July Fourth, again turn of the century. It it it's a touch point for Walt because he loved America so much. He was such a patriot. You've heard the quotes from him about you know um, up his spine is red, white, and blue, and if you look into his eyes, you can see the flag waving. The firehouse has a, a, a touch point and, and a relevance to Walt. The uh, the Walt Disney story that was there, um, those, those quaint shops that make me feel that those are the things, those idealized versions of America that Walt loved. And look, even the partner statue, and as a as almost a, I don't want to even call it a secondary aside, but but the sharing the magic statue of Roy, like the importance of Roy and his connection to Walt and, and getting Walt's dream realized. Walt, although he never actually stepped foot on a completed Main Street, like Main Street is, is Walt's land. And I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy it so much. And I have such a nostalgic feeling because of my gratitude to and for Walt and everything that comes to follow as you reach that central hub and you radiate out into the other lands. It didn't start with a mouse. It started with Walt. It starts on Main Street USA for me. Yeah, and I, I you kind of touched on what um, the the bit. Well, the the nostalgia bit I was talking about. You really kind of uh, well brought home what I was talking about. And I'm curious how people are going to react to this, like what their memories are going to be, because I know we're going to get into the shops and all that. Um, but like you, you, I had my memories when I was first there, when my daughter was first there, and you had yours, and they're so different. But even though they're centered around in this case, Main Street as uh, our first experience in the parks. And um, but that's the beauty. It doesn't matter. Like we, whatever our first memories are, are I mean, they're always going to be treasured and magical and, and they'll stay with us. So for years to come, they'll stay nostalgic. And Main Street just is great at bringing that out. Like so whether it's your magic store, whether it's my art store, which we'll get to, or whether it's me seeing um, – not really having seen the Walt Disney story because that pretty much ended its run just when I started going. So I'm like my next wave of Exposition Hall was what I remember. Now kids today, they go, their experience in that particular building alone was seeing Mickey Mouse talking, you know, and that's going to be their magical memory from Main Street. So, so it's kind of neat that you know, even as it changes over the years, it's still um, going to provide lots of, of long, t- long time memories for everybody, and we'll always have that nostalgic thing to it. So, so yeah. So my second one—that wasn't my second one. And by the way, you kind of dispensed with like seven on your last <laughs> version. I, I did because Thanks honestly, lot, but- because I probably could easily, from the top of my head, give you a top twenty things that I love about Main Street. Let's see. You kind of will my dad too. Well, I'll do one. There, this is kind of a broad one too, so I'm probably going to knock it some seemingly disparate ones out there's a lot we talk about when we, when we talk about um things we love about uh tomorrowland or adventureland or frontierland or anything um one thing we invariably talk about is the attention to detail combined with uh, the tried and true tricks shall we say from the imagineers bags 
tricks that they used to bring these different lands to life. And the, the one thing, the great things about Main Street USA, um, save for the train, which I'm sure will come up later in the conversation too. This is a land that's devoid of attractions. It's just, you know, a place, a, a place, a state of mind as you were. And, and a way to get to the rest of the park. And I'm going to come back to that, too, because I think that's an overlooked aspect of it. But um, Main Street being what it is, though, it still encompasses everything we love about how Disney brings the story to life. Um, we talked about uh, when you when you start learning about Imagineers uh, and what Imagineers do and the little uh, techniques and tricks that they use to um, – make things appear perhaps grander than they are. You can see them in Main Street. And for a lot of people, this is their first exposure to a lot of these things, things like forced perspective, which we've talked about a lot. And you can see all over Walt Disney World in the parks and resorts and so forth. But right out of the gate, as you walk into Walt in Magic Kingdom, you see probably the most uh, infamous examples of forced perspective between the – decreasing heights of the windows as you go up to the stories on the shops on main street, um, all the way down to Cinderella castle at the end, um, uh, you know, as they use force perspective to make it look 500 feet tall instead of 189 feet tall or whatever it is. Um, uh, and th things like that to things like, uh, the, the color of the pavement being, uh, you know, pinkish reddish color, the, Better you could say it's because they're rolling out the red carpet for you, but it's primarily you know the right contrast with the greenery and the shrubbery nearby. And these are all things you don't notice uh, at the, as you see them. They you don't come by and go, oh, that window's shorter, or I, under, I understand why this walkway is that color. But these are all things that the Imagineers have done and used to bring everything to life in a, in a grander way than it would be perhaps in real life uh, and also to complete the story of where you are. And I know I'm counting on you, Lou, to talk about the backstory of Main Street, of which there is a lot to talk about. Um, but as you go throughout down Main Street, aside from the Imagineer's tricks, there's all these little attentions to detail that we've talked about in other sections of the park. And they're just as prominent here in Main Street, whether it's the, the flickering of faux gas lamps or uh, shadows moving in the windows in the upper stories that you might see at night, or even things as subtle as the signs um, that you see uh, throughout Main Street, and mainly at the beginning. And these are signs that, uh, along with the Main Street windows, which of course honored Disney legends and important folks over time. Um, these are things that you don't really look at or notice per se. You might catch them out of the corner of your eye, um, but they help to blend in and, and make that, bring that whole story to life in little subtle ways you probably don't even notice. But like most stuff at Disney, if you look closely, you'll find lots of little hidden treasures here and there. And I, this is one thing I just noticed on my last trip, because Lou, I'm going to talk about the chicken exit to Main Street USA. <laughs> Um, the chicken exit being when they open up the pathway behind the stores on the right-hand side as you're walking down to Cinderella Castle. Um, and I, I will admit, Lou, uh, you could help me here. It escapes me. I swear I heard there's actually a name for that thoroughfare. 
Do you know what it is? I'm putting you on the spot. I, I mean, I could make something I, up and I pretend that I <clears throat> something like side street or something. I, I'm sure there but is. I'm sure there's. But if anybody does. But anyway, uh, of course, that they'll open that area up uh, if it's particularly crowded. If there's a uh, mass of people trying to exit the park after the fireworks or whatnot, um, we were there during Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, and they had it open as well. Uh, a part, I, I guess, primarily for. Uh, crowd control one but as we went through most of what's back there is normally backstage but there's still some signage back there that i either didn't notice before or it's just strictly back there and you don't normally see it when that section is closed and two i saw in particular for for lucky's livery and boarding stables and another for uh the blue ribbon ice company which and they're both just nostalgic signs looking like turn of the century, century, the last century, not this one. Um, and they blend seamlessly in with the decor and theming of Main Street. But again, if you look close, you'll see little tiny things. In this case, on the signs, these are both for companies, one established in 1893, the other established in 1901, those, of course, being the birth years of Roy and Walt Disney. So there's little things like that that are referenced all the way through Main Street and and the parks themselves, but since we're talking about Main Street, uh, anywhere you look and there's a sign or there's a year, there's a number, uh, take an extra peek at it, um, and you may register, oh, that's such-and-such. Like you might see the sign for the casting agency, which was open since 1971, the year the Magic Kingdom opened, and run by a young chap named Walter Elias Disney, who you may know well. But... Um, if you know the reference is great. If you don't, uh, it's kind of fun to maybe do a little sleuthing and figure out who this person was or what that year signifies and that sort of thing. And there's so much treasure to be found of that nature on Main Street alone. Now, forget even getting to the rest of the parks. And like I said, it brings together all those imaginary tricks and uh, and the, their methods of putting in tributes to important people in Disney history everywhere you look, um, uh, but so subtle and so discreetly that you wouldn't really notice as you're just passing through. It just adds to the whole ambiance and feel of the land. So, and that's the chicken exit to Main Street. <clears throat> you know, so much of what you said, Tim, and I think this is, is indicative of, no, it, it is of, <laughs> of what of something you mentioned before. So much of what you said ties into multiple things on my list because I think especially in this land, they are so very much intertwined and and I could have sort of jumped in and touched on probably four or five things on my list. And it's funny, as you were mentioning the windows on Main Street and talking about those people and executives and Imagineers who were so important to the creation of Walt Disney World, I was thinking about even before you step foot into the park, remember the, the mm -hmm. walk around the world bricks that they started selling back yeah. in 1994, they were like $100. I have two of them, actually. I have one by the TTC. I have another one by the park. Like, I think almost to a certain degree, and I just thought about this for the first time, so it might not make any sense. You know, those windows on Main Street are referencing the people who were important in the creation of Walt Disney World, and those walk around the world bricks are referencing the people 
who are important like every day in Walt Disney World. Like the most important people in Magic Kingdom and most important people in Disney World are the guests. So the Imagineers have their windows and, and some of us have our bricks, which I think are representative of all the guests um, in Walt Disney World. There was another point that you made which touched on something that was on my list, and this is sort of the one that I'll sort of connect to. You talked about the design and the layout and the the very deliberate, well-thought-out choices in terms of color palettes, window design, window height, the gas lamps, the details, the authentic antiques and props and souvenirs and all those little things that that complete and tell the story of Main Street. I, I think Main Street USA, one of the things that I love is that I think it it is very much an example. It is it is a it's a paramount of of imagineering excellence. Because I think in this very small land that does not have, you know, a a an attraction per se in it from the design and the layout of the shops, one of the things I talked about is after um, the mid-90s when the Emporium expanded, and again, there's an entire backstory that that associates with that in terms of um, uh, how it was a, a, a new shop for a new century, not just referencing the century of 1999 going to 2000, but 1899 to 1900. There were some very important... Um, psychological and sociological choices that were made in terms of laying that shop out to make for better guest satisfier and better guest shopping experience, which in turn, you know, nice secondary benefit, certainly increased profits as well. But when you start to pull these things apart and see why it was smart to, instead of having multiple small shops on one side of the street that you'd have to check in and check out of and then move to the second shop. And it was almost more laborious for people, especially at the end of the night when you're tired and it's crowded to shop for everybody in your family by opening that shop up, by having visual weenies and cues, not just inside the shop when you're when you're out there, but as you're walking by the shops on Main Street USA to draw guests in, to make people go from browsers to shoppers, um, it's it's very very smart but again even going back to pre-1955 using disneyland as that model for a storytelling vehicle again tying into another thing that i love and i'm i guess i'm making this a twofer or a threefer a fourfer the backstory of main street the the progression and the growth and the storytelling of of this small town that was 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 and still is very much rooted in the 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 bases of of urban planning right and it's, it's not just the sentiment sentimental and senta i talk senta. for a living sentimentalized version of what wanted to be in this sort of near perfect um representation of small town america but this this idea of this backstory and this progression of this town that starts off in this idealistic, small in scale, inviting, non-contradictory environment in, in architecture and color is and, and sort of starting from the central square and then growing from there. Um, 
those are things that are that are very much rooted in early and, and current urban current urban planning, but from a, a almost from a, an architectural and design element, it really is meant to create and stimulate contact between the consumer, the person that's that's walking with their family down the sheet, street, and the shopkeeper, right? And I mean the shopkeeper in the 1890s. But what's most important about that, and I think it still does to this day, is it forms a sense of community. And I'm going to go circle all the way back to my first point. That was something that was very important to Walt. He wanted to represent a town that wasn't just prosperous and growing. And as you walk down Main Street USA, it, you really are are passing forward through time. But it really does bring up these these memories of a warm and welcoming town where any child would have been happy to grow up in, right? Much like Walt, you know, he loved that idea of of small town America. That's That was sort of the impetus for trying to create something like that in celebration. But I think because of the story, because it is rooted in real world urban development and the way America town, American towns have grown, it's very evocative and it is very sentimental and it's 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 idealistic but it's also grounded in reality and again going back to the idea of you know the backstory and the details and imagineering the props and the lamps and the decorative elements if you look very carefully don't rush down main street to get to the dash for splash or the race for look at some of those those Cape Cod style ornamental gingerbread trim and the woodwork and the cornices and the window decorations and the etched glass and the wrought iron. Like you really get this, not just resort type Victorian era, Eastern seashore feel, but you really do get a, um, a a sense of community that's in this town. And I guess I'm going to connect a third one, which is even brought to a more realistic sense by virtue of the cast members on Main Street USA. And I don't just mean the cast members working the shops, but the streetmosphere characters, the, the you know, may he rest, the, the, the mayor of Main Street and the, the you know, Hildegard Olivia Harding and the other suffrage, suffrage women. Like, those are all the things that combine all these elements, right? The backstory and imagineering and, and what Walt wanted this land to be to bring it all together and to sell us on the idea that we have traveled back in time to a much more simpler uh, community-based period. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, all you got. It, I give yeah, you that as a response to yours and you give me, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm dumbfounded. First of all, I'm trying to count how many you got in there, too. I'm still trying I, I'm, to get... I think that's one. It's sort of three, possibly four. <coughs> Excuse me. That were on my list. I'm still trying to get over sentimentalizing. Sentimentalized. Whatever, whatever that right. word is. Whatever no, the... that, that, that's so great. No, it's funny because when you were going through all through there, I'm going, yes, I had I had, I had that, you know, because there's, there's so much. It's, well, and I think that's it. And I, that was expected, you know? Tim, because it is all so woven in so closely together. You can dissect and almost compartmentalize some of the other lands because – of the individual attractions and things that are there. And I think that's part of the beauty of Main Street 
is that it is all these things are very much connected in, in this land. And, and maybe that's another reason why I love it so much. Well, I think uh, you brought to mind one. I didn't even have this on my list. And I'm ashamed because it is one of my things I uh, I'll say admire most about Main Street. Because this is this is going into a purely utilitarian area here. Um, I, I know we're, we're going to come back to shops and because um, I got some shopping stuff to talk about. Um, and I hope we talk about the cast members more because that's that's what it's all about. Um but as you were talking, I was thinking about how Main Street uh, – the design of Main Street is pure genius, first of all. It's, I guess it's tough to remember um, as you're walking down Main Street. It, it is – it doesn't have attractions, discounting the Walt Disney Railroad, and, and it is shops and eating and whatnot, and it is – an entranceway. So in, in a lot of senses, its purpose for existing, shall we say, is, is largely functional in serving a purpose to, you know, to get from the entrance to the inside, and there you go. But this is where I think Main Street uh, really encapsulizes what's so, what we admire so much about Disney uh, and everyone involved, from Walt Disney himself to his ideas to the Imagineers of today and then how they create new lands and new parks and so forth. Uh, I was thinking as of in lesser hands, this notion of, right, we need a place for people to come in and we need a way to get them from the gates out to the good stuff. In lesser hands at another park, that could have been usually probably what it is in most parks. It's it's a uh, walkway to get from here to there. Uh, pro- probably nicely decorated so forth. There are plenty of shops and eateries, but that could be – you could leave it there, call it a day, and be done with it. And it served its purpose. It gets you from here to there, sells you stuff. It gets you food if you want. But in the hands of Disney, this is now – this is not just – that this is a place and it's transformed and it's on two levels i think the the genius of how this was put together comes through on one hand it's the fact that it's not utilitarian that there's so much thought that was put into the look and the design and the feel and like every other land and every other resort in disney there was so much effort to ground you into a certain time and a certain place not Unlike being in Adventureland, uh, in a jungle, faraway exotic landscape, or being in the world of the future in Tomorrowland, this is putting you squarely in a nostalgic world of days gone by and so forth. And everything is put in and added and reinforces that from, you know, like we just talked about the names of the shops, the decor, the, the costumes, the, uh, the music, which we'll surely talk about the music. Um, so right there, that's a, that's a that's a good example where you look at something and say, you know, anybody else, any park, they would have just made it this. Disney took it to the nth degree and made it this whole thing, where now this is not just a place to get through. This is a destination into itself. You may argue with that as you're trying to get out of the park with eighty thousand of your closest friends at the end of the <laughs> night, but during the day and when it's not so bad, it is a place to go spend some time to relax. Um, and if you really are in the mood for shopping, not, not just to get uh, 
requisite souvenir for somebody. But if you really truly do want to shop, there's so many great places to shop, uh, which again, I think we'll come back to later. But um, I know Lou, you've had old favorites and we all have new favorites and I have some new favorites that I love. But um, but that's the, the great thing about it is it's grounding you into a time and a place. And the other thing I love about just the functionality of Main Street is the whole hub, the hub and spoke design of it. And as you look into the history of Walt Disney World and Disneyland and Walt Disney himself, you, that's one thing you, you learn pretty quick in your studies is how Walt Disney went to great pains to study amusement parks and see how they work and see what works, see what didn't work because he wanted his to be better than anyone else's. Uh, others were, you know, dirty and uh, crowded and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a place for families to spend time together. This this was meant to be that. And uh, I think he fam said at one point, uh, when we were marking about I'm going to build an amusement park, and somebody, I think it was his wife, actually. You can correct me. <laughs> Someone asked him, like, uh, really? Because they get so dirty and whatever. And he goes, well, mine won't because it's going to be super clean and no one will want to make it dirty. Something along those lines. Um, and I, th I think that's evident right out of the gate in Main Street, um, and similarly having its roots in Disneyland's Main Street. But as far as functionality, the whole hub and spoke design of the Magic Kingdom is when you think about it, it's pure genius. And when you're walking through, you don't really pay it any mind. And that's probably part of the point is you, when you're in the magic kingdom, especially uh, you pretty much should, you, you should always know where you are, even when you're wandering off into other lands. Um, you know, the castles back there, you know, main streets back there and everything's connected in such a logical fashion. Um, and when you hear Walt Disney or when you read Walt Disney and uh, describing the idea and why he did it that way, and it, make, and it makes so much sense and seems so intuitively obvious that that's the way you should do it. But when you visit other parks and you see when it isn't like that, how different experience it is. And I will say at Disney, you can see that too. If you go to um, like Animal Kingdom does the hub and spoke concept pretty well, even though once you get away from Tree of Life, you get pretty far away, but it, it does have that same idea. Um, Hollywood Studios, I must confess, I sometimes wander around and get lost in, because it's not really, it's sort of, I mean, you have Hollywood Boulevard, which sort of mirrors Main Street, but then it's not really hub and spoke as it is with, uh, you know, the Magic Kingdom, and the consequence, I find myself thinking I'm taking the shortest possible way to Toy Story Mania. I'm going to get there first and realized I had to walk through five lands to get there because I turned the wrong way. But when it, when, when a park's not laid out like that, um, even beyond Disney, you can see when it doesn't have that hub and spoke design, you can see how, duh, that makes perfect <coughs> sense. Why didn't everybody do it? But the fact that he came up with it and organized it that way is great. Um, and you could see it in, uh, not Epcot the park so much, but Epcot the city and what Walt Disney wanted it to be. And when you see the the film, uh, the famous film of him presenting that and describing it, you can see that that hub and spoke design was a key part of that design of the city. That's how much he believed in the functionality and importance of having that, having a central point where everything led off to, and you kind of you already you always had a feeling for you knew where you were. Um, you weren't that far away from home, whether that be the center of Epcot, the city, or Cinderella Castle slash Main Street. So um, it's kind of neat when you see it, uh, that movie and hear read about 
Walt Disney uh, thought about it, came up with the idea, how he researched it, and then see it in action at the Magic Kingdom, and and probably don't even really notice it. But I tell you, when you're at another uh, park or mall or anything else that doesn't have it, boy, you sure notice when it's not there. So that's actually going to be a wonderful transition, right? You talk about see, not noticing it, if, if, but if unless it wasn't there, because the next thing on my list is could almost have been first. It could I could almost have saved it for last because it is not just one of the things that I love, but I think it's such not even an important. It's a requisite element of Main Street USA, and I would ask you the next time you're there to do what I asked you to do at the very beginning of this segment again, which is close your eyes because it's not about paying attention to the details that you see, but it's about what you hear because that period music and then some rearranged relatively recent music is what brings those stories to life. The music of main street and in 13 years of podcasting, I've never repeated a topic. I want to and need to revisit the music of Walt Disney World again and some of my favorite music in any Disney park and one that, you know, I don't listen to, I couldn't tell you like who a modern singer is because if it's not from the 80s or the Disney parks, <laughs> chances are I don't listen to it in my car. But I love, love, love the music of Main Street. And there's actually, you know, there's a lot of, um, it's not just the background music, which is what I thought of when I first said this, because I'm again, I'm thinking back to history. I remember the old, uh, the saxophone, I think they were called like the Keystone Cops or something. Um, they had, there was like a saxophone quartet, the Walt Disney World Band still um, has, you know, turn of the century and Disney classic favorites. And, and I love the, the, the brass and the percussion, um, the main street pianist over at, um, um, the Coca-Cola the refreshment corner. Um, I, I know Jim Omohandro has been there forever. He is, um, he's a fixture there. Obviously the Dapper Dan's singing on the corner or sometimes even, in and out of some of the shops. I mean, if you close your eyes and think of Main Street, it, it's one of the things that you think of. And I was, I just came from Disneyland, so I was getting confused when I said the refreshment corner as opposed to Casey Corner and the old one. It was the old, um, the old Coke refreshment corner in, in Disneyland. But even the Main Street Philharmonic, which I believe kicked off right about the time that they expanded the Emporium. So this is probably somewhere around. 2000 or so but the background music of main street usa which probably about six i think it was maybe 2012 or so um the music loop was updated for main street and still to this day some of the songs come from modern as well as some of the older Disney films. So I love, for example, Beautiful Beulah is from Summer Magic back in 1963, which connects directly to the Emporium, the story of Osh Popham. I can go down that rabbit hole very easily, but I love some of the ragtime music, like the Junkman rag and the Desecration rag. Um, it's, it's important and it's evocative and there's something so comforting 
about it. Like if you're having a bad day, man, and you just need to get out of it, the the place I would tell you to go would be Main Street USA. Like it's where I would go and just sit with my giant bucket of popcorn and watch the people go by or the parade or just sit and listen to the, the that atmospheric music, which not just sets the tone, but it it's, I love, and I actually, I know some people maybe didn't like some of the more modern music. I love, you know, the, the music from up rearranged so that it, it's, it fits into the period. I, I love the, the, um, uh, some of the older music, which has, which was rearranged back in, like I said, I think it was, um, 2012. So I'm happy having, you know, married life by Michael Giacchino from up mixed in with, <coughs> excuse me, the ragtime music and, beautiful Beulah um, from Summer Magic. Um, I I think it all fits. It works well together. I think it provides music that... I think the music in Main Street you don't pay attention to until you hear something that catches your ear. And all of a sudden you hear that familiar song from Up and your family looks at each other or your kids recognize a song from a relatively recent film. And now all of a sudden you're, you're cognizant of what has been playing sort of in the background, your sort of subconscious has been hearing it, but you haven't been listening, if that makes any sense. So I invite, I request, dare I implore you, the next time you go to Magic Kingdom, to just stop, just stop for a minute and listen and just listen to some of that background music and do it multiple times, you know, as it goes through, I I don't even know how many songs are in the loop now. I mean, there's got to be, 20 songs probably in that loop and, I, and I'm and I'm guesstimating I, I think and I'm, I don't want to get to my next thing I'm, I'm going to talk about how one of the things I love is that Main Street has no attractions I, I know the train but I don't necessarily count it and there's a reason why the music of Main Street USA is probably one of the best attractions in a land that has no attractions beautiful I, for, I will say, though, your advice is good. Before you close your eyes, to stop and close your eyes. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I have tripped many times on the curbs and train tracks. There, <laughs> so, no, I love that. And I, I was hoping you were talking about the music. And I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cleverly use that to segue into my next one. Um, the first thing that came to mind when you said Main Street for me was nostalgia. But the second thing that came to my mind was holidays and we're in oh. holiday why well, did i take one from you no but i had i not even think of that what is wrong with you we're in holiday heaven now we have halloween as we're recording this uh spoiler uh <laughs> soon to become upon us although we'll be gone by the time you are listening to this but with christmas firmly on the way um we've talked about holidays so many times on on the show and our favorite things about it. Now I'm sure main street has always come up as our you know, favorite holiday thing. We did top 10 things we love about the holidays, right? Lou. Um, if we didn't main street would surely be on there, but, uh, but we both talked and written about and about holidays at Disney and how wonderful they are. Um, definitely Christmas, but, but Halloween as well, especially in, 
in uh, recent years. Uh, both both times a year are just spectacular all throughout Walt Disney World and all of the parks and all the resorts. But I, I think there's it's it's pretty safe to say that nowhere the holidays become more alive than on Main Street, and this is both holidays. Um, when you're visiting the Halloween season, um, all of a sudden Main Street just becomes, even though it's still. 93 degrees and you're dying, <laughs> which I was on last trip in October. Thanks for turning the heat down, Lou. Um, but autumn is alive and well on Main Street. There's orange buntings and, and flag pennants flying all over the place, hay bales, scarecrows. Uh, you'll see Mickey-shaped pumpkins and, and, and all kinds of stuff going on. And... Um, it's it's almost as much uh, almost not quite but almost as uh, awe inspiring and all encompassing as Christmas is. But what they've been doing for Halloween for a long time now is is in, in of itself really spectacular. So it's pretty much all of the fall season, uh, all the way from September all the way through the holidays on Main Street is a wonderful time. And of course now Christmas is gearing up and. Um, uh, maybe aside from some of the great decorations they have in some of the resort lobbies, um, Christmas really hasn't come alive anywhere better than on Main Street. Um, and, and it's it's everything about it. It's, uh, the, the, of course, the spectacular Christmas tree um, in the middle of town square. And again, that's there's so much detail to pay attention to if you want. Um, like, I just noticed in recent years that like I actually looked at the toys underneath the Christmas tree, noticing one was a train and noticing it was called the Lily Bell um, after Walt's wife Lillian, which I didn't notice all the times I was there. But um, it's one of those things. The more you look, every time you look, you'll find something more. So um, and, and when Christmas comes out, there's so much more to look at. The windows on Main Street are all transformed and it takes window Christmas window shopping to a whole new level from just the displays that they put up in the jewelry store and the confectionery and everything else. Um, not to mention the, the Christmas Carol themed windows that come up with Donald Duck and friends with different little beautifully detailed dioramas that, that have different scenes from the film, which really remind me of the light boxes, Lou, that we've talked so many times of, but, um, which you can get on Main Street in the uh, Uptown Jewelers store. But we'll come back to that. Um, but uh, best of all is the is, uh, Sing Cinderella Castle adorned with the dream lights at the end of Main Street. And I think we actually had that in when we talked about uh, grand reveals or wow moments uh, or something along those lines. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was one of them. The As you enter the Magic Kingdom and and – take that turn down main street, especially at night and especially at Christmas to see the castle in front of you at any time of year is, is amazing. But at Christmas with the lights uh, shimmering off in the distance is just, it's beyond words. And I still, this every time I see it, I still have a tear come to my eye. And I remember bringing my family down who hadn't seen it before. And I'm <laughs> doing like you, I'm saying, don't open your eyes. Don't open your eyes, trying to guide them. So they're not going to trip over everything, but then having them open their eyes and just see 
like uh, see the look on their face as they saw this for this first time, especially your children. Um, such a wonderful time. And you were touching on this, the music during the holidays on Main Street is beyond description. It's for, for um, the uh, parents, shall we say, older folk like ourselves, Lou. You talked about <laughs> uh, older songs. And one of the things I always loved about, I still love about Christmas on Main Street is hearing some of those old songs that, that I grew up with and that my parents played for me when I was a kid. And they have newer songs that that are the songs my children would have grown up with. But but there's something nice as, as I'm driving around at home and listening to the radio and they keep playing Mariah Carey, Madonna and all that stuff, which is, which is nice, but it's not my Mitch Miller. It's not my Perry Como. <laughs> but on Main Street USA, I can hear those songs and I am instantly transported back to that five-year-old little boy under the Christmas tree, staying up all night waiting for Santa come and watching the records spin around and having eaten Santa's cookies and milk as if they were mine because, you know, I deserved them. And, uh, but the whole, just the whole uh, holiday experience on Main Street, whether it's Halloween or Christmas, is simply amazing. And I think all, out of all the places in Walt Disney World to experience the holidays, that just might be the very best. <clears throat> so I am both mad <clears throat> and disappointed uh, in myself. No, no I'm, I'm just because I did not have it on my list. <laughs> but oh, I think what I think that is, is it's very telling in that there are so many things to love. Sometimes we yeah. overlook the obvious because mm -hmm. other than being, you know, at my home surrounded by friends and family on Christmas, the place that I love spending Christmas time is on Main Street, USA. Yeah. I love Halloween for oh so many reasons, not just the candy. <laughs> Other than having a Halloween party or trick-or-treating with my kids, the place where I love to spend and celebrate Halloween is in Magic Kingdom, is on Main Street, USA. And I can almost easily do a top 10 reason why I love the holidays in Walt Disney World on Main Street USA because of all the things that you you touched on um, and, and the way that this land specifically <clears throat> excuse me makes you feel during the holidays there is a sense of love and happiness and warmth and family and friendship and you talk about the spirit of the season especially you know the christmas hanukkah time um there is no better place to to feel it than on main street usa um you want to have a not so scary but really fun halloween time even if it is 87 degrees and 97 percent humidity outside who cares there's nothing better than seeing the projections on Main Street, watching the Headless Horseman and my favorite parade make its way down with the projections on the windows, the music in the background, the fall decorations up. It's a very transformative time. And if you've never visited during either or both of those holidays, I very, 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 very strongly recommend doing it because specifically for Main Street USA, because it is such a very different and unique and wonderful experience. I didn't even mention the snow. Right. It snows, Lou. It's delicious. And, I'm not, not, <laughs> and not just for real. I say that from 
And it does occasionally snow. Just so you know, it has snowed. It does snow. January, February gets a little nippy down here. And I have actually had it snow at 3 o'clock in the morning as I'm waiting to cheer on runners (laughs) on Main Street USA. So I know it gets cold. It it feels, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas sometimes in January. But, um, you know, again, talking about taking an experience that you've probably had one, ten, a hundred times, just how different it gets during Halloween, during Christmas, and yes, on those uh, on those rare occasions when it does, it's not snope when it's actually really snow coming down. <laughs> so, <sighs> I'm done to my favorite shop. <laughs> so you have so you have one left. Is is that what you sort of have left? No, I don't know. I might have talked myself out of this. Let me see. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I would probably just move on to my favorite shops and Okay. So I, I, I there is one there is one that I definitely I want to end with. So I'll, I'll sort of combine the others um in into the, the the second to to last one. Because I said earlier one of the things I love about Main Street USA is that there are no attractions and and yes I'll I'll, I'll touch on the train but I think for the most part, and over the years, there, there have been attractions, the Walt Disney story, the trolley car, the Main Street vehicles, you know, used to have to have an A was an A ticket for. So, yes, there are quote unquote attractions on the map, but not in a traditional sense compared to other lands. I think the land in and of itself is the attraction and the attractor to me. I think the citizens of Main Street, the Dapper Dan's the Main Street Pianist. I think the shops have always been attractions for me. We were sort of going back in time. I loved, and maybe even more so, excuse me, earlier on, much like Disneyland when it first opened, the individual quaint shops, right? I love when the cinema was a cinema and you walked in and there was all the, the six projectors showing the shorts, but the China shop, the Wonderland of Wax, the candle shop, the Christmas shop, the Hallmark card shop. Yes, the 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 magic shop, the House of Magic on Main Street has a very, very deep personal sentimental, you know, uh, attachment for me. But I think those were and still to a, maybe a, a bit of a lesser degree are attractions. And I think there are attractive things that you can find in the shops, I think, each of the stops, especially in the Emporium, although not so much, has a story to tell if you know where to look and you follow it, not just outside the shop, but <clears throat> excuse me, inside the shop in terms of the progression and the growth of the store, how it became much more prosperous as the town grew. You can see, or you used to be able to see really, how Osh Popham and his family lived upstairs and the kids got older and, and there was that, that graduation as you went from section to section as they 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 broke down the walls in between but even on the other side when you know it was the gf camera center and now it's the confectionery and it used to be you know where the dentist office was i mean there's there's a lot of story to be told and those are the attractions to me like i almost don't look at the walt disney world railroad as a main street attraction although that's where i choose like 
I honestly prefer to board it there. I know it's weird and it's stupid and it's an idiosyncratic, like, hi, I'm Lou Mangiello, added to the list of weird things. I prefer to board the train from Main Street USA than anywhere else. It is an attraction to me more than it is a conveyance. And I don't know what, and maybe because it is that that sentimentality, maybe it is the the connection to Walt. Maybe it's because I remember, you know, when that, that train station, remember there, there actually used to be a little snack shop downstairs. I love all of the references to Walt and the Santa Fe and Disneyland Railroad and the the pictures and the stories of Walt and Roger Brogy Roger Brogy and Ward Kimball and and Roy Disney and some of the the different references if you if you find the arrival board there's all kinds of good stuff there from Grizzly Bear, Grizzly Bear Flats and Kimball Canyon and Sidden City and Medfield and Rutledge referencing not just guys like Ward Kimball and the little miniature backyard Grizzly Flats Railroad, but Follow Me Boys and Absent Minded Professor and Son of Flubber and Pollyanna. Like, I love how there's a lot of Walt in there, as well as the story-based nostalgia of Main Street USA and the Disney-based nostalgia referencing some of those old films. Years ago, and I think most of them are actually gone now, upstairs, I used to love the antiques and the mutoscopes and some of the things, <clears throat> excuse me, that they at one point moved from the Penny Arcade, may you rest in peace, <clears throat> to the second floor, but I loved the player piano. I love the the woodwork and the marble floors. I love those little stereoscopes that, for the most part, aren't really there as much, but there's something about there's something special still about the railroad here and in Disneyland and and maybe to a lesser degree in some of the other parks that is not just what helps begin the story because the train station specifically Main Street is not just a vehicle to allow you to board and disembark from the train but it creates that gateway it creates that portal that as you step under those archways which were deliberately placed not in the center but off to the side so you have to have that grand reveal of the castle that's where you step back into time listen to the music from the front of the train station to as you walk through and sort of the the lights of the cinema dim and they they raise up again as you step foot onto main street the the train station itself serves many masters and serves many purposes. And I think that's one of the top 10 reasons why I love the truth that Walt Disney World Railroad, specifically the Main Street USA train station, for a land that has no attractions, that's an attraction that lives there, but there's something unique and special about it. But for me, the fact that there are no attractions and that the land itself is the attraction is very powerful to me. And it's one of the reasons why if I go to spend a day in Walt Disney World, I will probably find myself spending most of my time if I'm just sort of wandering around or just relaxing, snacking, it's probably going to be spent on Main Street. And it's that's part of the reason. Not because I'm going shopping per se or looking for anything per se, but there's something very comforting and comfortable 
about that land where I'm not almost distracted by an attraction that I go need need to go and ride, if that makes any sense to anybody other than me. I lost you. Wow. <clears throat> Thanks for the vote no, that, of confidence. No, that makes no, that makes perfect sense. That was beautiful. I I dare say I, I hate to ask you about food because I'm just inviting, I'm just awakening the beast. But what's your favorite Main Street food? It's it's there's no question. Oh, there's Pop, no question. No, it's one. not even it's not even a thought. It's uh, because it's one uh, of my all time favorite guess, foods. It, it come on, it's so simple. It's popcorn. Popcorn cart. Popcorn there cart you. on Main Street See? USA. I know you. I know you. Popcorn I know you cart. So. I will sit there with my bottle of water and a popcorn, that which I'm not planning on sharing with anybody, <laughs> and a bu- and a bucket of popcorn. And I just want to watch. I want to watch the people go by. One, okay, yeah. so I'm going to contradict what I just said. The attra- <laughs> one of the attractions on Main Street is just sitting there and watching the parade of people go by. As the parade passes by, it's the parade of guests and families and stand by that hub and watch how many people come in and see the castle for the first time. And adults and kids get, I saw it after Momentum recently, I saw it happen and it's a wonderful thing to watch. It is and I, I will caution, I did this, I don't forget people are taking their pictures there. And I only say this because I realized I was photobombing everybody for like 10 minutes and not realizing it. Because I was just standing looking at the castle and realized I was standing on the photo pass spot. And everyone was, I just throw that as a cautionary tale. Be mindful of others. But see, I would have shared a caramel apple with you, though, Lou. I mean, you're not going to give me any popcorn. So how do you eat your caramel apple? Kind of do you eat it right off the stick or do you have them cut it for you? But I confess, I've never had a caramel apple in my life. Dude, Stop but I it. Make, see, I just wanted to make you feel bad. So. You've never like, oh, what a child. <clears throat> no, so I we have, need to sit down. I and, have, really. I, have, I have. Now, cupcakes at the confectionery. That's a good time. I will say, I you probably have 20 more, or maybe you got through them all. Um, I have one left. I'm just going to leave with, I know, uh, as we talked about, uh, shops and all the things you can do, whether it's shops or getting something to eat or just looking at the, the detail, the, the decor, the people, dare I say, or uh, or what have you. And, and not to mention when when was your main street um, when you were a child, whether it's recent or when the park first opened or somewhere in between. I know everybody has their own unique set of memories, um, which – I know Lou's going to invite you all to share, but um, I, I know for mine, I know you talked about yours a lot with the magic store and everything else, um, which I'll be honest with you, let that that kind of tears me up when you talk about it, because I can, I can hear it, how much it means to you. And that's that's a lot of, um, when we talk about the magic of Disney, that's what, that's what it means to me, like to hear that in your voice and other people when they talk about um, not just how fun this attraction was, but what it meant when my family was there. And these are the ones I shared with my family, friends, and so forth. But um, on a lighter note, I, since where I was talking about how it was 112 degrees on my last visit there in October, which is not supposed to be, but I will say my favorite shop is, well, Uptown Jewelers in general, but specifically the Art of Disney alcove in the middle of Main Street. Um, I love the store. I loved it when it was bigger, but I loved the one in Epcot and everything else. But what I truly love is looking at the prints on either side of the room, 
there's the yeah, wall of art prints on on either side just staring at the prints for minutes hours maybe and you know why yes the prints are beautiful but also in that spot the greatest source of air conditioning in the entirety of the magic kingdom is in that very spot it's like a freezer in there so if you're ever if you ever <laughs> see me standing there and you see me staring at the page, Feel free to get it for me for Christmas, but do realize I wasn't staring at it so much because I was that enamored with it. I was just cool. That's what I'll. That's what I'll end my. You're you. So you give giving up my secret air conditioning spot is what you're going to end off with. Uh, that's a big no, secret, that, dude. That's, that's a big that's secret the right entrance, there. The exit of the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor. Just don't get anybody's. <laughs> now that, but no, really, the shop. Um, I, I am interested in hearing what everybody says because I have my own favorite shopping places. Um, I no lie, the Art of Disney part of Uptown Jewelers, but even Uptown Jewelers in general, just everything in there. The thirty-five thousand something dollar Crystal Castle in the window. Go in the one back day, of the Arebus Brothers day. shop. Look at the glass. Watch the glass blowers. Yeah. There's such yeah. great Americana um, storytelling and detail back there too. Even if you don't buy anything, there's some, there's really neat details in terms of the theming of the shops. Like you can go shopping without shopping, without spending a dime, because each of those stores tells a story. Go find the mural in the in the Center Street area of the Emporium. Look at how beautiful that painted mu- mural is. Look look at the vignettes of the Victorian era for. You want to see a spectacular chandelier that you've probably never noticed before? Walk in the Center Street entrance to the Emporium and look up and look at how spectacular the artistry is on that chandelier. Go, go watch them dip caramel apples. It's great. I love how you keep bringing it back bake, to food. You're you're bake, you're luring me with the food. Um, <laughs> All right, go. So my last one, and it really is my last one. I have no. <laughs> Whoa. Honorable mentions after oh, this. Hold on. So my final one, one, my final thing that I love about Main Street USA comes down to one word. America. Quick but important disclaimer. This is not, this is not about politics, but people. We the people, like I talked before about how Walt wanted Main Street and and was very deliberate in terms of wanting people to feel comfortable, wanting to be about community. I think of this in terms of a national community, right? Main Street USA is evocative of Walt what one of the things that Walt remembered as a kid, what I remember is it was simpler times, right? Walt was an Amer- he was very much a patriot. Like he loved this country. He believed very much in what America stood for and stands for. And and I think sometimes when now, you know, people focus on their differences more than the things that separate us instead of the things that that bind us, um, a place where there is that sense of patriotism and community is such a wonderful thing. And and when I say America, that's not meant to exclude anybody. I, I, I think 
you know, on a global term of, of the community of humanity, right? Like, I think, and I say this half jokingly all the time, like, I think the thing that we need to unite humanity as just a people is we need like a giant alien invasion. Like, that's going to be yeah. the thing that's going to bring us together. But it is, it, it's it's said that, um, that, that small, I mentioned before, right? That small town medic where people were friendly to each other and the the consumers and the shopkeeper they they knew each other it formed a sense of community as the story of main street grew the community grew and and walt spoke of disneyland's main street you know he said main street is it wasn't just his hometown it wasn't his is everyone's hometown it's the heartline of america right and he wanted that sort of you know that representation of that small town America feel and you see it not just with you know look even something as simple as Casey's Corner right it, it's baseball and hot dogs and delicious oh the delicious cheese sauce but it is it's like you know it, it's it's all American and maybe to sort of to to bring that point home I've said repeatedly and then contradicted myself how there are no attractions on Main Street USA, there is an attraction that happens every single day. And I think it is the best attraction that you possibly have never seen before. Because every day at the flagpole in the center of town square, and I think it's still 5 p.m., is a very moving, a very patriotic event, which is the flag retreat where veterans are invited to take part in the ceremony. They, it is a beautiful, um, it's probably a half hour, 45 minute or so. It's like celebrating Veterans Day every day, which is how it should be. Um, there is the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, there is um, the Dapper Dans usually lead everybody. The Main Street Philharmonic is there. It And, and they also... Um, the security color guard does the the flag retreat, and then they always have a veteran. Um, and I, I, you could also be active military, I think, as well. If you go to uh, town hall, you can find out to see if how you can do it. It is a beautiful, moving. Um, um, it's a salute to all nations, but really mostly America. And I think <laughs> it's one of the things that that is overlooked. But that every single guest, I don't care if you're from America, you're visiting America, whatever, I think that everybody should see, not just at least once, but if you're able to see it every time you're in Magic Kingdom, take 20, 30 minutes out of your day and, and go watch um, something that is not uh, not just a very moving moment, but is something that I think is, is important to see as well. Amen. So... With that, Timmy Foster, since you have no more, I, I think, you know, it's well, funny. We As we were talking about <clears throat> the different things on our list, and again, they're all so interwoven with each other. They all connect. There are some, well, there's, there's subjective things that we love. <clears throat> there are some threads that are, are tied throughout. And I think one thing that Main Street does and is and feels is it's so warm and it, the reason why it's the thing you see first is because it is so warm and 
so welcoming. And I, and I sort of look at Main Street as welcoming Walt, welcome you into this park with open arms. And you may not have realized this before about me, but I'm very much an optimistic person. I am very much an optimist. Main Street USA just bleeds optimism, right? It makes you feel good. There's nothing that that every single guest can't do. It gives you this idea of this small town and growth and entrepreneurship and community and family and seeing Walt and Mickey and the castle off in the distance. I mean, all the different things, they're, they're, um, there's something so, like I said, very comfortable and very comforting about Main Street. And that's why this top 10 list, and I'm not even sure if there were 10 or 15 or 20 things that we mentioned that we love could be even longer. But I do want to hear from you. What is the thing or the place or the sound or the feel or that that sort of intangible thing that you, my friend, the listener, what is that thing, that one thing that you love most about Main Street USA? There is no wrong answer. Whether it's the popcorn, the Dapper Dan's, the cheese sauce. I keep going back to food again because now I'm hungry. (laughs) The cast members, the story, the simplicity, the trolley, the horses, the train station. Whatever that thing is for you, tell me what it is that you love about Main Street. And there's lots of ways you can do it. One, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. It's 407-900-WDW1. Call from your house. Call from your car. Call from Main Street USA. Let me hear it in that voice. Tell me what it is that you love and why. You can also email me, lou at www.radio.com. Better yet, go to our community on Facebook. It's the Box People Group because... You sort of live in this, we all sort of live in this this box. Uh, go to www.radio.com slash community. Start and have and keep the conversation there about the thing. And I'll, I'll start a thread there about that thing that you love most about Main Street USA. And then when you're done, open up a new tab on your browser window. Don't go away. Stay in the community. There's lots of fun stuff to talk about there. <laughs> open up a new tab on your browser or on your phone and visit... The oh so very lovely celebrationspress.com. Cause tell them, Tim, tell them what they can find there. You know what they can find, Lou? I don't know if you know this yet. We have a new thing coming out. This well, not news, only this, can you find news. Celebrations <laughs> magazine. What is it? I, I'm I'm I think this is the scariest thing because I don't know what's coming next. You don't know, because it just we just came out with it. We're gonna come out with a new look, I was just to say, one of my favorite things in all of Walt Disney World, and we could do a top 10 on this, is illuminations. I know we've talked about this a lot, how I had to yell at you guys on video. It's captured when you ruined my illuminations. Moment. But uh, now that we know illuminations is making way for what promises to be an even bigger and better show, though, I was in a nostalgic mood and thought we should do something for illuminations. So we are coming out with our newest hardcover coffee table collectibles book remembering illuminations it's going to be out in early december just in time for the holidays but it's on pre-sale now so you can get yours at a discount and lou i'll send you a link because you don't even have this yet because you don't even know about this so um you can visit the website and find it there or i'll send a link to lou and 
hopefully throw in all those goodies. But so if you're a fan of Illumination, we're making this for you because um, I love it just as much as you. So um, we're going to have a few stories on the music and the technology and the story behind and everything. But most of all, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds of beautiful, beautiful pictures. I saw some of them already. They're amazing. I've some we have great photographers who are helping us out on this. So um, very excited. So that's what's new. That's what's coming. Well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you can, I'm going to put you on the spot. Maybe you can hook a brother up because I'd like to, maybe yeah. I can even convince you or I'll buy an extra one for, from you and I'll give it away. Maybe on no, a live show one night. Buy one from me? We'll absolutely give one away. There you, you go. Something. There you go. That's good stuff, man. I, uh, I dig me some illuminations, although I'm very very excited for what is coming next. And yeah, speaking of what's coming next, our next yes. top 10 with little Timmy Foster. Yes. And if you, not you, Tim, you, listener, have an idea for a top 10 that we've never done before, something you want us to visit or even revisit if it was long ago, email me, let me know, or post in the Facebook group. And I promise little Timmy Foster will be back I've got, I've got a couple of really good top 10 ideas. I got one. Top 10 things I really loved about my time at the boathouse with Lou. Oh. So right. mean. <laughs> I'm the mean one, folks. You're I'll, a mean I'll, one, I'll, I'll, Mr. Foster. You were very busy on your last trip, and I, I was, I, I, and I, I, was I, I was very busy, traveling, so. but I'm, I'm going to have to. I know. Very we will, I promise we will have a romantic evening together. And, uh, I'm. At the boathouse. Sitting alone. Not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Top 10 reasons why I love Timmy Foster. Yeah. I mean, I'm at a loss right now, but I'm sure I could come up with Thanks. something. Thanks. <laughs> You're the best, buddy. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, buddy. Time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or just see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see or hear or taste. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last time I was talking about how immersion in story in the Disney parks often extends beyond the attraction into the queue, the exterior, and the shops. And one of the places where that's evidenced so very well is in Pandora. And your question simply was to tell me, what's the name of the merchandise shop in Pandora, the world of Avatar at Disney's Animal Kingdom? Well, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct. Obviously, you've probably spent a lot of time and maybe a little bit of cash in Wind Traders. Now, if you look very carefully, one of the things I love about this shop is not just the unique merchandise, but the story that's behind it. So next time you go and visit, notice how this is a transformed RDA structure into something that, like the land itself, is much more inspired by nature and the communion between the natural organic elements, the Navi, and us. Anyway, I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and once again, you are playing for all of my digital products, which includes my books and all seven virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom, a new WW Radio vinyl sticker you can put on your car, your laptop, your wall mirror. That's not available anywhere else other than being a prize, a WW Radio pop socket 
for your phone. And I'm also going to throw in a mystery prize as promised. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Dan Lang. So, Dan, congratulations. You use the online form. I have your shipping information and will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. It's a brand new, fresh start because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. One of my favorite lands anywhere in the Disney parks is over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And I grew up on the Muppets and Sesame Street. And I still, to this day, love the jokes and the campiness that is Muppet Vision 3D. Not just the attraction itself, but really the queue and a queue that begins outside the show building. Because in the Muppet Vision 3D courtyard stands a wonderful and funny fountain full of little gags and details and Muppets. And your question this week is to tell me what Muppet character in the fountain is the cameraman. You have until Sunday, November 4th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast episode. Use the online form there because this week you're going to play for all the digital products, the vinyl sticker, a pop socket for your phone, and I'm going to throw in a WDW Radio t-shirt. So make sure you indicate your shirt size as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking and spending your time with me. Please be part of the community and conversation by joining our Box People group over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash community. Please come by, introduce yourself, talk not just about this week's show, but anything Disney. It is a warm, friendly, like Main Street USA, a warm, friendly, and welcoming place to and for everyone. And speaking of gratitude, I want to thank and welcome all the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family this month, including David Brookover, Linda Lammers, Juanita Martin, and Barbara Hoffman. I sincerely appreciate your love and your support for me and the show. And if you want to find out how you can not only help the show and keep the lights on, but also get exclusive rewards every single month, including scavenger hunts, we have a private Facebook group, customized Magic Band covers, logo gear, backpacks, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World. I also do exclusive live video group calls. You also get early access to special events, lots of other benefits as well. Again, visit www.radionation.com. And don't forget that a portion of any and all contributions does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. In addition to the podcast, please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. It's a live video broadcast and conversation with you, both from the studio and oftentimes out from the parks. If you turn on notifications on the WW Radio page or Box People group on Facebook, you'll also get notified as I go live, oftentimes from special events out in the parks and more. Please also visit www.radio.com. We have an amazing team of blog writers posting additional content there. And subscribe to our free email newsletter so you get updates and notifications, not just about new content, but special events, special offers, and lots more. Speaking of special events, stay tuned for the announcement of November's Meet of the Month. Not sure of the date as yet. I will be at Wine and Dine this coming weekend. Cheering, not running, obviously. Hi, I'm Lou. I will also be 
at D23's Destination D later on this month, somewhere in between those two events. I will schedule a meet of the month. Again, visit the Box People group or the WW Radio page over at facebook.com slash Radio to find out about other upcoming events, meetups, and running team events. I'll also be announcing some on-the-road events as I travel to speak, not just domestically, but internationally, and doing some meetups as I travel to speak at conferences and events in schools. And if I can do that for you, visit lumangelo.com to find out how I could either come to speak at your event or work with you one-on-one or in small group coaching as well. Also, stay tuned. I will be announcing my next Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World later on this week, as well as my next Momentum Retreat coming in February. Both of those announcements will happen this week. The 50-person conference and the 10-person retreat are just ways that I can help you turn your passion into your profession, really more importantly, turn what you love into what you do. Speaking of somebody who loves what they do, thanks again to Becky Mankin and her entire team over at Mouse Fan Travel. We had an amazing time. We'll be recapping our Adventures by Disney Backstage Magic Tour in the next couple of weeks. But if you want to come with us or on your own on an ABD to World Land Cruise, visit mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word. The best ways that you can do that is by tweeting out a link to this week's or your favorite show, sharing it with your friends over on Facebook, inviting them to be part of our family and community. And if you could take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over at iTunes, it's incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Dunk Fahaz from the United Kingdom who says, and I was going to do this in a British accent, I don't want to butcher it, but he says, it's simply the best Disney podcast around. Lou's enthusiasm is infectious, his knowledge is outstanding, and his guests are always worth the listen. The podcast make my hour drive, yikes, to work tolerable, keep doing what you are doing. Carl3414 says, five stars is not enough, simply not enough to rate and review this tremendously positive, engaging, and uplifting podcast. Few superlatives are left to describe Lou and the community that he has created, actually you guys created, with WW Radio. How can a podcast become more than just a podcast when the host and creator invites a community of listeners to engage in the conversation? It happens when the uniquely talented, wow, knowledgeable, wow, and kind person like Lou ignites a conversation with fellow like-minded people around a topic that they love, Disney. There's no equal when it comes to Disney podcasts and the way that WW Radio entertains, informs, and very often inspires. I could truly not recommend this show enough to anyone seeking Disney fun, positive energy, and a sense of belonging to something bigger than just a podcast. Five stars may be the limit, but you'll soon find that the show and the host deserve many more. P.S. and Lou, thanks for being a friend, whether we've met yet or not. Carl, Carl, man, I... You have absolutely encapsulated and expressed what I want and hope and have strived for 13, 14 years for this show, more importantly, this community and family to be. Um, I built the clubhouse. You guys populate it, and I appreciate such kind words, not just about me and the show, but more importantly, about the people that are part of this WW Radio family. If you want to rate and review the show, you can just go to iTunes, search for WW Radio, or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes to leave a review. Finally, and most importantly, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your love, your support, your enthusiasm, and your friendship. You give me a gift every day by 
sharing those things with me and allowing me to share my love of Disney with you through the show and live video and on social and most importantly through the face-to-face relationships that we get to have and you individually you matter so much to me we talk about community but it is about you it's about the individuals that make it up and even beyond the being friends whether we've met yet or not I promise that I genuinely care about you You are not a download, a like, a heart. You are a person, and I care about every single one of you, and I am grateful to and for you. And if there's ever any way that I can show that appreciation, repay that favor to you, please reach out, and I will do everything I can to do it, because you give me an amazing gift that I am grateful for each and every day. So I hope that this is your best week ever. And that all those dreams, big or small, come true. Have a great week. So until next time, see ya. Good morning, Lou Mangiello. It's Gabby Laxamana, now Gabby Naldo from Columbia, Maryland. Um, so Joe and I tied the knot this past uh, two weeks ago now and had our Disney Park theme wedding. We'll definitely send you pictures soon. Um, but I'm actually on my way back into my first day back at work after the wedding and the honeymoon. And um, I can already tell it's going to be a long day. Um, I just wanted to tell you about our awesome honeymoon. We did a day and a half-ish in Disney, stayed at the Grand Floridian. We ate at Victoria and Albert um, in the Queen Victoria room. And that was the most delicious and fanciest meal we have ever had in our lives. But it definitely um, must do experience. It is pricey, but totally worth it for the experience. Um, And then after the days in Disney Park in Florida, we did a five-day cruise on the Disney Dream to the Bahamas. Finally made it to Castaway Key, which was beautiful. Totally. And the Castaway Key 5K, actually. Um, And we also had dinner at um, Remy, which was just as delicious. Very reminiscent of Victoria and Albert. Um, And then finally, after the cruise, we did time in Paris, um, which included the Disneyland Paris Half Marathon. Um, Shout out to Jenna Lynn and I think Nikki, um, who we ran into on the course. Also, um, Keith from the UK told us to tell you hello. Um, but it was just an awesome experience completing our Castle 2 Chateau Challenge. Um, and it's always great seeing the blue wave and the crowds there. Um, but there's just so much more. I guess those are just the highlights. Just so this, is, this isn't too long. Um, but it was just truly an amazing experience. Um, and I can't wait to go back. Well, everybody have a great week or a weekend and then into the next week. It's getting cold, um, but I guess I'll talk to you later. Have a great um, day, everyone. Talk to you later, Lou. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, PA. I was just listening to episode 229, your interview with Jack Lundquist, and I loved it. He is an amazing, amazing person. Um, 
he did some awesome things. I think my favorite thing that he did was Disney Dollars. I really missed the Disney Dollars um, when I worked at the Disney store. Boy, did he sell a lot of those. Um, I never thought they would go away. I wish they would bring it back. I wish I still had some. I didn't realize uh, I should have kept it. But it was an awesome, awesome interview. Um, I had so much fun listening to him. So if anybody hasn't heard that, it's episode 229, and uh, I loved it. So still working my way back, and um, he brought up something that um, really, truly is awesome, and he said that um, what other company has all these people, all these fans that just get together because they all love Disney and just hang out and talk about Disney? And there really is no other company that we can say that does that that I know of. So he he's done a wonderful job, and he did some pretty awesome, crazy things that happened to work out. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. It's, it's a lot of fun. And um, I got to see you guys a little bit in the box last night, but I had a lot going on at home. So I didn't get to watch for too long. So have a wonderful week, everybody. Hopefully we'll get some sunshine up here in the Northeast. I feel like we live in a rainforest lately. But um waiting for the sun. And have a wonderful weekend. And make somebody smile today. Talk to you all later. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is Megan calling from sunny California. I just um, wanted to let you know how appreciative my husband and I are for the past two shows you've done, um, the last two episodes on moving to Walt Disney World. Um, It's not just about moving there for us. There were so many things said by you and your friends that really meant something to us. Um, I can't remember his name, but one of the men in your group of friends said something about living more of a deliberate life, and that really spoke to my husband and I. I am just so thankful that we heard that. You know, moving to Walt Disney World has always been a dream of ours, and I always, for whatever reason, just always thought it would be just that, a dream. Um, But after listening to your show, it really made me realize that there are people out there who have done this and that it's okay to leave your family and pursue a life that you want to live and that I guess in some ways it just, it's real. It can be very real. Um, I really hope that uh, one day I can meet you all and that hopefully I can be at those meets of the month after I become a permanent resident of Florida, Florida and more specifically a uh, 1.2 miles from the Magic Kingdom. Um, thanks so much, Lou, for the inspiration, and keep up the great work. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou. It's Jim O'Neill on my annual mancation, driving from Michigan to New Jersey to go camping with some old friends from the neighborhood and Boy Scouts, and you and Becky keeping me company on the drive through Ohio with some listener email. I just wish I had some more episodes to listen to, but I can't stockpile them. I have to listen to them as soon as they come out. So uh, thanks for the company, and hopefully I get to see you in early January when I'm down at Disney World. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello, everyone. Hello, it's Charlie Maggie from cold western New York. West Seneca, New York, I should say. (laughs) 
and I have two barking dogs in the background that are getting excited for the Halloween venture this week with all the trick-or-treaters. They're getting their voices in order. <laughs> you have 350 days until that Japan trip coming up, and I have 91 days until I am back in Walt Disney World, and I am so looking forward to getting back to my happy place and seeing the new world of Disney that you were at the opening for yesterday. Oh, my goodness, it looks phenomenal. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Stay positive and be kind. Be careful driving with all the trick-or-treaters out on the road this week. Have a magical week. And happy Halloween. Love and hugs.